Welcome to Pixel Street Podcast, episode 141. This is no, you're our channel to say now. Ours. We're you're taking to say over our Pixel Street all day. Me and Joel Campbell's no, taking over no, the podcast. God, no, Get your no, head no. out of here. This is our podcast now. What's up, boys and girls? You don't know girls listen to this. You don't have the statistical proof. Welcome, everyone, to Respawn Aim Fire. <laughs> Boom. I can mute you. I can mute your, your stream. Um, oh, no, don't do it. <laughs> we are the Kick-Ass Irreverent Gaming Podcast, brought to you by Affable Idiots. We have with us... Before I introduce you guys, i got to introduce us. That's important. Hi. <laughs> Chad Michael Linus, one of your hosts. We have our other host here, Christopher Holden Adams. I, I, didn't, I meant to say your whole name right. Holden Christopher Adams DePardo. And I that fucked is it up. my whole name. And we, we have two Adams sexy snuffleupaguses. Cool. No, we'll do that. We'll do that. Um, here from Pixel Street Podcast, we have John Revex Shadows Hansen. How are you, John? Hey, I'm all right. Just sitting over here uh, planning out my uh, podcast conquest. So we're all good. John, I assume you're a pickle person. <laughs> is that correct? Uh, of course. Who isn't? Me. Are John Hansen is the Genghis Khan of or? podcasters. Hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. You're the Genghis Khan you, of podcasters. You're going to take over all yeah. of them. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Are, are, are you guys the kind of pickle people that go to a fucking gas station and buy that giant pickle in oh, like no, a no, plastic no, 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 bag? Sir. No, no, sir. Pickles no. are a garnish, okay. or in spear form, they are a side item that I will eat. Mm-hmm. You, what you about on a Chicago grab that hot plastic? Bag. Yes. Open that it is, up. That counts as a garnish. That's, that's the tastiest okay. crunch ever. So, is it juicy? Alternative. Mm-mm. Is it crunchy? Alternative pickle Mm-mm. option. It's a velocity. Like a sandwich pickle. shop. At least there's some in Providence this way, and there's just a big barrel of pickles, and you can chew on them while you wait for your sandwich, and it's amazing. They're so good. It's pretty. I great. might throw up a whole barrel of pickles. Joining us here it's also from Pixel Street Podcast <laughs> is Joel Campo sixty three Camp. Is it Campos plural or one Campo? What? What's it's your just last Campo. name? <laughs> <laughs> my, my last Joel name Edward is, Campo. is Campos. That's One his Campo. name. How do you... Joel, I assume you're a pickle person. <laughs> is that correct? No, of course I'm he is. not a pickle person. See, not at Holden all. Holden goes into stores and finds the barrel full of pickles. He goes into a store and just pickles a barrel. I did, Turns I out those pickles aren't story. free that Holden's been eating. Holden's <laughs> just been robbing convenience stores of pickles this whole time. <laughs> Y'all, I swear we're going to talk about video games today. We've got a lot bandit. to go over. What's the best pickle you've ever seen in a video game? <gasps> oh, shit. Uh, I saw Pickle Rick in that um, Rick and Morty say, VR game. I don't think I ever got far enough in that game to actually see Pickle Rick. I mean, you must have played that game for like 10 minutes because I think I mm-hmm. beat it in an hour. <laughs> yeah, I played that game for like 10 minutes and realized it's just doing chores. And was, this is not fun. Yep. That's all <laughs> Like most VR games. Um, <laughs> True. Awesome. Fight me. You guys, as I mentioned, this is Respawn Aim Fire. We have every Sunday night at around 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. We go live on twitch.tv slash idiots. If you hate looking at us live and you want to watch the polished version afterwards... You can go to YouTube.com on Tuesday morning at 9 a.m., view it there, or go to podcast services, do the same. <clears throat> if you don't like to look at our faces, you're shit out of luck on this next segment. The Grind is a YouTube-only exclusive <laughs> segment uh, where we go deep with certain topics in the gaming industry, a little bit deeper than we could go on a podcast, because podcasts are really shallow. It turns out, only two and a half feet deep in the tallest part of the water. 
So we go deep with the grind. That's every other Friday on YouTube.com slash blah, 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 until enough of you subscribe that we get YouTube.com slash Respawn Aim Fire. We know the feeling. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Finally, these two lovely bumblebees are joining us as part of Affable Idiots Year of the Guest. So if you would love to be on our show as well, whether this one or AAWY, go to affableidiots.com, fill out the survey, put your name on the little goddamn spreadsheet, we'll connect with you. And we'll all throw pants parties separately in our own homes. We've got a lot coming up to talk about, including the indie world from Nintendo, Bioshock 4 news. Ooh! I got butter coming out of my nipples right now. I'm so excited. And then we also have Resident Evil Village demo talks. But first, we're talking about games at full price, everybody. $60, $70, how much, what's the most you've ever paid for it? Before we start this discussion, what's the most you've ever paid for a video game, collector's editions included? I think I paid two fifty for the Fallout 76 collector's edition with the helmet. Oh, oh got, yeah. Mm, nice. I remember that. <laughs> the helmet's cool. The game was not very good for a long time. <laughs> it's better now. Still a not A lot good. better now than it was. Yeah. I enjoy it. It's fun to play when you have friends to play with. Definitely not a game you want to go into solo. Yeah. But I think that's the most I've paid for a single game. It is on Game Pass now after uh, Bethesda was acquired by Xbox, and I downloaded it. I still <laughs> haven't given it a try. <laughs> Don't do it. I think I, think I paid they have 100 Series bucks. X enhancements. Does it have enhancements? <clears throat> so it I works? think so. Like it's good? Higher yeah. FPS and stuff. Yeah. They have worthwhile gameplay on Xbox Series X? Um, yeah, I think a hundred bucks for Uncharted Three is what I paid. I came in like a big box, and it had a Nathan Drake statue and a, the ring on the leather string and all that. Do, goddamn you, do you still have the statue? I do still have the statue in a storage unit in San Francisco, and I do still have the ring somewhere. Actually, actually, don't call me Ashley. Boom! Sick Parvis Magna, y'all. I'm gonna put it on right now. Paid a hundred bucks for this shit. <laughs> Very nice. Holden. I have two answers, but one's like not it's it's not legit. Okay, so um seventy dollars because next gen games cost for money and I don't buy collector's editions. Um but also technically three hundred and sixty dollars because I, was, I bought Breath it in Switch for Breath of the Wild. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. John, did you answer? Uh no, I just I'm I'm really trying to think. I definitely have bought collector's editions in the past. I'm pretty much all digital now, so I don't do that much anymore. I, I remember back when I was really in the Call of Duty though. I tried pre-ordering. I think it was Black Ops Two. Their collector edition came with like a little drone that you could fly around. And I remember I went in the GameStop and I tried buying that. And for whatever reason, the cashier just wouldn't let me pre-order. I said, "Hey, I want the." I think it was called the Prestige Edition. He's like, oh, you don't want that. That's no good. So I'm just going to give you the step below. I'm like, no, that's not what I said. I'm trying. I have the money right here. I, I want to pay this off. And he just would refuse to put me on that list. I was like, okay. So I that would is a terrible salesman, right? Um, my guess would be probably a hundred at some point. I just, I couldn't tell you right off the top of my head, uh, which game it was that I spent that on. Did um, Breath of the Wild, not Breath of the Wild, did Twilight Princess HD um, on Wii U, did that come with the Wolf Link Amiibo by default, or was that 
an extra cost because I do have that Wolf Link amiibo. Um, knowing that I want to say it was an extra cost was, just because I wanted to pay more money. I think it was extra, but I don't, I don't think it was extra. a crazy amount extra. I got that. So that whatever that is, that's the most expensive game I've bought. Unless it was seventy dollars, right. but it's Nintendo, so I doubt it. Yeah. Well, in the well, Wii conversation they, they were selling by... games at fifty, so it'd probably be sixty. That's right. That's right. This game's brought. This discussion's brought to you by a, an article on IGN from Adam Bankhurst that says Days Gone director says if you love a game, buy it at full price. So John Garvin, who's the creative director and writer on Days Gone, which has gotten a lot of press in the last week on rumors that its sequel is now canceled, um, he guessed it on David Jaffe's YouTube channel, who is the creator of God of War. Uh, and there's a, a quote from him that says, quote, I do have an opinion on something that your audience may find of interest, and it might piss oose of them, is what I see here. Uh, most I'm gonna of them I'm going to say most off. of them, but it's mouse yeah. without an M. Um, <laughs> it might piss <laughs> most of them off. If you love a game... Buy it at fucking full price. I can tell you, I can't tell you how many times I've seen gamers say, Yeah, I got that on sale. I got it through PS Plus, whatever. So that was the quote from uh, John Gavin. David Jaffe pushed back and says that how can someone love a game if they haven't if they haven't played it yet? And Gavin responds, quote, I can tell you that when we were doing Siphon Filter Dark Mirror on PSP, we got so fucked on Dark Mirror because piracy was a thing, and Sony wasn't really caught up on what piracy was doing to sales. And we would show them torrents. A torrent site had 200,000 copies of Dark Mirror being downloaded. If I remember it right, the numbers could be wrong. But regardless, I was pissed about it then. I was like, this is a money out of my pocket. So I think the uptick in engagement with the game is not as important as did you buy the game at full price? Because if you did, then that's supporting the developers directly. Uh, I would love to just open up to discussion, like just reactions to a very, very pointed argument from John Garvin. I mean, I would I would argue that buying the game at all on sale or anything is directly supporting the developers, right? Yeah. I mean, not everybody has the money to buy games at full price every time they come out. Also, mm -hmm. he he talks about like people not supporting, let's say, Days Gone at launch and everything. That game didn't do a good job of selling itself. Like there weren't i mean of course there were some people excited and everything but we're talking about a big sony um exclusive here no one was talking about that game after a week they were saying oh okay this game isn't that great like yeah okay yeah if you want to support a game buy it at full price and everything but the people making the game, they also have to sell that game and actually make it worth the price, make it look like the price. There are enough pre-orders going out there in the world. I know a lot of people are against pre-orders, but there are still plenty of those around that you just didn't do a good job of selling your game. And I feel yeah, like with, marketing this, with a sequel, a it's easy this. to do that. Uh, yeah, hold on. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm curious. With, with a sequel, it's easy to have love for a game or a franchise and buy it and pre-order it. But his, his quote saying... You know, if you love a game, buy it at full price. How do you do that with a new franchise like Days Gone? Like, how do you sell that to somebody yeah. and convince them it's worth full price before they play it? Yeah, like with Resident Evil Village, it's easy, demos aside, because we like Resident Evil games. We kind of know what we're getting into. But yeah, with like a new franchise, it's all about the marketing. You have to position that game and make it stand out amongst the pack. And Days Gone, I don't think, did that. And that's why it didn't sell like as well as Sony would have wanted. Although it didn't sell badly by any means. It was um, profitable. 
Yeah, it was profitable. Just, you know, Sony has a high standard. Yeah, it just comes down to marketing with these new games and and getting it out there and being as open as possible about it. Show the, you know, 45-minute game demo of of you doing something in the game. Don't just keep it to these, like, isolated CGI trailers that don't actually tell you anything about the game. Like, show people what they're playing, and I think then you can justify and say, hey, like, you know, we showed off the game, people didn't buy it. Um, because they didn't want it. But if you don't show the game, no one can, can know if they want it or not. It's just not... And not every company can do demos. Like, Resident Evil can do those demos, and they're really great so far. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but not every company can do that. That's a lot of time and money and resources that you just can't give up as a smaller developer. I, I, I do want to comment on the demo thing. I actually went to an, a Days Gone event here in Chicago, um, before launch and they had demos playable of the game it was like a full-on demo like you got to the menu there were two options i forget what they were one was like you got to play a portion of the story and one was like a survival mode and it let you play for like 10 minutes 15 minutes maybe and then it cut you off and it said like thanks for playing the demo and i remember playing that and i was like why isn't this on the psn store like that doesn't make any sense that it wouldn't be there like, especially with it, like you said, with a new IP, let people know what they're playing. Cause like for me personally, when it comes to a new IP, I tend to wait for reviews to see what people say about it because like, I don't know what I'm getting into. And when I mm-hmm. saw reviews for days gone, like I was listening to the kind of funny one and they all just said it was kind of just like a middle of the road. Like it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. It was just a middle of the road type game that kind of overstayed its welcome and kind of dragged on a bit. And that just wasn't something that appealed to me, so I never bought it. I think about a game that I think did really well with this is <clears throat> Outriders. And it's uh, it's because of a demo. Honestly, the game, I saw a couple of gameplay demos. I was like, oh, that game looks like it could be cool. Uh, maybe it's a little bit of a Destiny ripoff. But playing the demo and getting hands-on with that first like hour, hour and a half of it, that's what sold me on it. And I immediately, I bought it, pre-ordered it right after the demo, and I still haven't played a minute of it since it came out a couple weeks ago. But that's just because I'm waiting for, for Dallas and Matt so we can play it together. But it's, it's um, I think having that demo available and playable is really what did wonders for that game. And it got people talking on social media. It got news outlets talking about it and previews and all that kind of stuff. So I think demos are a huge way to get people engaged with your game and let them quote unquote love it before it comes out too. Yeah, it's funny because I feel like, not so much this generation, but... I feel like this has been like promised in the past where it's like, oh, you can go to the PSN store on PlayStation 4 and play an hour of a game and, and get to experience it before you buy it. And that kind of promise never actually ended up happening. And I'm curious as to why, because I think a lot of these big companies like Square Enix, who does Outriders, like they can absolutely afford to do a demo. Like that makes sense for them to do that. I wonder if maybe they'd run into issues with smaller teams not being able to do it because i agree like i'm more willing to buy a game if i can play it ahead of time and think like oh this is really good like actually uh, an example of this is um dragon quest 11 on switch had that like 10 hour demo to play which was a and it was just literally the direct game your progress carried right over um that that compelled me to buy that game 100 percent. if i didn't get the chance to do that i never would have bought dragon quest 100 percent. also square enix too so I think a lot of it also comes down to the polish of the game, too. Because I remember playing that Days Gone demo at that event, and it was not polished. Like, there were a lot of bugs. I like I was waiting in line to play, and I saw people just glitching through the map. And I think when the game launched, there was a lot of bugs as well. And so I think that that's probably why there wasn't a demo on the PlayStation Store. 
because like we, we've been talking about this higher PlayStation standard that they have and probably for them to put something like that on the store was probably like a bad reputation on them. Yeah, you could tell with how buggy that game was, even at launch, like with day one patches, like they probably didn't want people to see that ahead of time. Yeah. Also, I mean, it just kind of comes down to the quality of the game, even after like bugs and stuff. I played it for the first time just a couple months ago on PS Plus, and I didn't get over five hours into the game and I was done with it. Like, and, and I'm a guy that loves zombie games. I absolutely adore <clears throat> them. Uh, this game wasn't special at all. It was it dragged on and on and I just couldn't get into it. Um, I, I think like Joel said earlier, it wasn't bad or anything, but it was so middle of the road that it just wasn't special. It didn't stand out at all. It didn't stand out from last of us. Like <laughs> it just didn't do anything. The really warrant a sequel. They also I mean, didn't like the last of us comparison is important there too. Like I, I understand that just for people who've played both games have told me I've only played last of us, but there is, it is kind of like an image of that time of, well, it's just a last of us. It's just Sony making another version of the last of us because last of us was so popular. And I think that absolutely hurt it. It didn't like distinguish itself enough, but apparently the gameplay is significantly different that they just, it is. it's a marketing thing. They just didn't market it well enough to say, this is how it's so much different from the last of us. I was going to bring up the marketing thing too. Cause like, look at a game like cyberpunk. Everybody wanted that game at launch and everybody pre-ordered and yeah. bought it and it launched and it was garbage at launch. Like so many bugs everywhere. Like they pretty much lied about most of the game yeah. about how <laughs> it ran and stuff. On PS4. How crazy is that? That is yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, marketing plays a major, major part in it. Uh, I think what do you think about important. Like, go for it, Holden. Another part I think is important too is is getting reviews out early, but that can be kind of shaky if develop, critics end up liking it. But you know, there's a, a, not always the case. But I feel like a telltale bad sign is when a developer release allows uh, the reviews to be released the day the game comes out. It, it just it good reviews I think really help build up a game. Yeah, and that kind of brings me to this next point about like. How are we feeling on like paying full price for a game? Full price does not mean pre-order. It can mean buying it a week or two after launch. It can mean looking at reviews, playing it at a friend's house, and then and then finally deciding for yourself you're going to buy it. Um, what's your what's your philosophy on full full price games? Because I know I've been on both sides of the spectrum. I, I've been on the I'm struggling to survive in Chicago, and I'm I have a list of games, and every week I check the PlayStation sales and. I wait for something to go on sale, and then now I'm in my 30s, and I have a little bit more disposable income, so I'm a little bit more likely to say, oh, Outriders, that was a fun demo. I'll throw 60 bucks your way, or 70, or however many games cost now. But I've been on both sides, but I'm curious, like, what do you guys think about that buying full price argument? I mean, I think it's circumstantial for everybody, right? It just depends on what you value as a 60 or $70 value and what you would rather wait on. I mean, it's all preference, really. Yeah, absolutely. It comes down to what kind of games you're in, how the game looks. Uh, uh, Back for Blood coming out later this year is one of the one of my most anticipated games in a long time. I'm gonna, unless I get the game out of other means, I'm going to pay as much as I can for that because I want it so bad. If they Whereas, let you pay two hundred dollars for the same experience I pay seventy dollars for, will you do it? For a game like that that I'm so excited for, yeah, I would do it. Like that's just I mean 
It, I mean, I think we, we, me and John both played $100 for MLB The Show, and it's going to be free on Game Pass for both of us on Tuesday. <laughs> That's right. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we both did. So, yeah, it just comes down to what you like. I mean, yeah, if you don't want to pay full price, wait for it to go on sale because a few months down the road, it's bound to go on sale. That's just how digital stores work and sometimes physical. So, yeah, just hold off. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't like this idea of like the obligation to buy a game full price because he says like it's all about preference. Like if like again going back to Resident Evil Eight, like I'm buying that game not because I'm obligated to, because I really want to play that game, and I'm I'm not gonna wait three months and hope it goes on sale later on. I want to play that game now, so I'm gonna spend the full price for it. This kind of feels like a movie studio saying, you know, if people like movies, they need to go to a movie theater to see it, and it's like, well, I don't really want to see like whatever random indie film it is in theaters. I don't I don't care. I'll wait for it to come out and rent it later on. Like that's just how I'd rather watch that movie. I'm not I don't need to see it right now. Mm-hmm. I'll be fine. It's just all about what you like and when you want to see it. If you want it as soon as possible, you're just going to have to spend more for it. That's how it works everywhere for just about everything. Honestly, I think it's a little bit tone deaf and a bad look for John Garvin to to be demanding that people pay full price for his games loaded with expletives making you feel like if you paid less than $60 for days gone then your money your money's not welcome and you didn't do enough to support us like that you know i think who also who here had even heard of that PSP game cuz i hadn't <laughs> oh i like who cares Dark I, Mirror? I had yeah. heard of it but it's cuz i was on i was did mostly handheld games when i was uh, when i was younger so i gotcha. just was more in tune with that but yeah, I don't think many people would know about it. Honestly, he said it was like 200,000 copies were torrented. I highly doubt in a perfect world it would have even sold 200,000 copies. 200,000 copies is a lot for a game. <laughs> Especially for the PSP. On a PSP. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, PSP. Yeah, on the yeah. PSP. Yeah. Now, granted, there were a lot of PSP sold, but it's because they were so easy to hack. <laughs> and you could play <laughs> yeah. anything on yes. Got to play yeah. Super Mario Brothers a tenth different way. Yep. Nintendo has not offered you enough ways to play that game yet. <laughs> oh. Let me go buy. Let me go grab my game and watch. You bought one? The new yeah, one? I got one. That's of awesome. Of course I did. That's awesome. I think Matt I'm bought a one fool too. with my money. I just told you I would pay two hundred dollars for Back for Blood. <laughs> when it literally got the same thing I got for less yeah. than half the price. Um, awesome. Do you guys have anything else to say on this before we move on? That was sure a take. Oh, I want you, I want you like, um, like, what's his face? I can't remember. The guy who leads the warehouse in the office, how that one episode, he just like records all of his responses to things. He's like, let's knock out a couple of these here. Man, what he or she just did was really uncalled for. And then he just does those. <laughs> I, that's what I want from you, John. <laughs> Holden, you said you had one more thing to add? Yeah, uh, there was a time that, like, there was, all right, take No Man's Sky. Recently, I was going to wait for that to go on sale to buy the PS5 version because I got a digital PS5, but I had the physical disc of that game. Right. And I was like, I'll wait for it to go on sale. I'm like, why not what? They don't take my money after I buy the game. It's a small team, and they've been releasing updates all the time over the past few years. I'm like, I just want to support that. So I'm just like, I'm, I'll spend full price because it's not this, like, gigantic monolithic studio, like, CD Project Red who's doing shady shit. Although No Man's Sky did do some shady, uh, Hello Games did some shady stuff <laughs> when that game launched, but they've gotten a lot better. And I wanted to support their improvement. So in that case, like, I made an exception. Normally, I would have probably just waited for a sale, though. I think the most important thing is 
no customer is under any obligation to buy your game under any circumstances. Yeah. Like, they, I don't, they, they, could, they could be the biggest Sony Ben fan in the world. You can't just be like, yeah, that person's buying my game because. Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, that's how the CD Projekt Red incident happens. Well, people are going to buy this game anyway, so let's release like this kind of half-finished version of it. I it, I, I, I get so mad thinking about that. A game that five months later <laughs> they off, still queen. haven't fixed. I still love that game, but yeah, it was a mess, and I really, uh, yeah, it, it's a very divisive issue. Speaking of paying for games that you don't have to, John and Joel, let's move into playtime. You guys both played MLB The Show 21. You paid for it, even though stop. it's on Game Pass for the first time ever, not on a Sony system. Mm-hmm. Tell me all about it. Oh, well, I th- me and John both came to the same conclusion, like separately. Um, we were in a party, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm buying that game, like the most expensive one, just because like I love that it's coming to Xbox as a whole. I love the game. I play it every year. I buy it on my PS4, PS5 every year, and just the fact that it's on Xbox, it still blows my mind. Like launching it on Xbox, and you see like the Sony intro, like Sony Studios intro it's animation. So odd. <laughs> it's weird, but I mean, it's really cool that it's here. Yeah. And I can't stop playing it. I'm so hooked on it. Yeah, I don't even care if it wasn't Sony's plan to bring it to Xbox that the MLB forced them to do it. Like, I just want to support that because Xbox had not had a viable baseball game in so long. And I'm a huge baseball fan. I bought my PS4 mostly for the show because Same that's here. just how big of a baseball fan I am. Um me and Joel were talking earlier that, yeah, there are some issues with the game. It's not a perfect experience by any means, but man, I can't stop playing it this weekend. It's all I have played lately. I would argue that even with its flaws, it's still the best baseball video game that has ever been on an Xbox. It, like, yeah, no question. The, 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 the MLB last one 2K was, games. Yeah, the 2K games back in Those I think 2011 was the last one, and... I mean, there's a reason that it's been gone for a decade, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How does it feel on a DualSense? The last time I played an MLB The Show game was whatever one on PS3 integrated the move and the PlayStation Eye, and so you could actually, like, swing the bat and pitch the ball. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's, that yeah. sounds awful. <laughs> uh, so I got the game early on PS5 uh, for to cover guides on gamepur.com if anyone wants to check this out. Do it. Um, I, so yeah, I've been playing since Wednesday on PS5 and it it really isn't any different from PS4. The DualSense doesn't do anything different. It's I was actually Not, kind no of triggers. disappointed in that. Nothing. It's all the same. Is it 4K60? Yeah. I mean, okay. yeah, you got okay. that. But I was just talking purely from a DualSense uh, perspective, because uh, every PS5 game, I want to have something cool with the DualSense. I love that controller. Um, the big differences uh, are there's a stadium creator mode in the next-gen version uh, that is not on PS4 or Xbox One. That's only Series X and PS5, uh, which is really cool. They have the Field of Dreams in there. Me being uh, in, from Iowa, I absolutely love that. Uh, yeah, it's a quality tile title. I mean, you could still play the user-created stadiums that people have made and uploaded. You just can't create them gotcha. on the last-gen oh, really? versions okay. of the game. Yeah. Can you, you know, being a, a product of the environment that it was developed in, can you replace the audience with cardboard cutouts? 
I don't um, think so. I'm not sure, but Zero there is a way ten. that you can like take out all of the stands, like the the Field of Dreams one I was talking about, uh, where normally uh, a major league stadium you're looking at like forty thousand people or something like that. <laughs> uh, there's only fifty people in there so it's really quiet and there's like only like two bleachers for people you can also put like ufos out in the outfield mm-hmm. oh that's dope like there's wacky like there's animated t-rexes yeah. that you could put out there can they actually abduct people no i, I think it's just a static thing that just sits there um but i'm yeah. actually i'm curious if um like Sony San Diego infamously creates these games in like nine or 10 months every single year. And I'm curious, does it feel like it was a game that was created during COVID or does it feel like an actual successor to last year's game? I think the, so usually these games come out. Well, I know in the past that there was some that came out in May, but recently they've been putting them out in like March, right before the actual baseball season starts. So with COVID, I think they delayed it about a month cause it just came out. Um, I don't really notice anything like that. But then again, you have so many assets and everything that you're just taking from the 20 version of the game that I don't think there's that many ways they could mess it up. But like they added in cross play and cross progression and everything since it's on Xbox now. And that actually works really well. So, no, I would say they did a very well job developing this in the short time frame that they have. I would say that given, you know, the past year with COVID and everything, I think that they may have added more features in this game from last year than they have in previous jumps of the game. Because, like, they added new, like, fielding animations. They added the stadium creator. It just, I don't know. Would you agree, John, that they added more this year than they have in other years in the past? Well, last year was the first one I had played in a long time. But uh, I would say that uh, just from what I know of sports games year over year, you're... Most of the time you are just playing a roster update. Maybe there will be one or two new things, but usually one of those things is a new menu. Um, But no, there's definitely plenty more to do. Uh, There's tons of game modes in it, surprisingly for a baseball game. Uh, Just a lot of different ways to experience the game, and I love it. That's actually really surprising. It's like the first baseball game in a long time to actually play, so it's not even iterative. Uh-huh. I will say the menu in this game sucks. It's very bad. <laughs> it, it's, it's it's like like they tried to simplify it, but I think they did it too much. And now it's like they simplified it to a fault. Um, me and John were talking. John had to write a guide on how to play your friend one-on-one mm-hmm. with actual MLB teams. It's yeah. fucking ridiculous. Yeah, where most games would have like a thing there that'd be like uh, play online with friends. This game has offline exhibition, live roster, which is just uh, play a game with the teams that are playing in the real MLB that day. And then uh, a competitive mode against randoms. You have to actually like go into your profile, tab over, find a friends list, find the person you want to do, and then invite two exhibition game it's ridiculous Ugh. how complicated it is i would say that sounds like a nintendo online game except for that wouldn't even be possible in a nintendo game let alone no. being convoluted like that <laughs> one thing i do want to say that's weird is when they tweeted that like the, like over a year ago at this point that the show was going to be coming to other platforms right nintendo was one of the companies that like quote tweeted it like yeah. with like a baseball bet and stuff so i was wondering i was like is this eventually going to come there or did they try and like 
make it come there in some form? Like, what's what's going on? I with imagine that? whatever the next hardware iteration is that maybe is a little bit more powerful, or maybe they're working on a streaming version, and uh, like a couple of other games have done, like Control. That, I don't want to play that. Well, nobody <laughs> does, but. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> I, I assume that's what's kind of happening is that they're figuring out how they're going to put it on Switch. and I could also they, see the pandemic affecting them so bad that they had to cancel yeah. the Switch version this year, <clears throat> and maybe they're planning on doing it for next year. Yeah, especially if it's like a parsed down version, that can take a lot of resources to figure out like what exactly you need to cut out. They just didn't have the time. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I do want to say the fact that this is on Xbox now as well. I was worried up until a few months ago that like, the Xbox version was going to be like a watered down or like a lesser version than the PlayStation. <clears throat> like I thought maybe they were going to leave a mode out of the Xbox version just because, you know, it's a Sony made game yeah. mainly for PlayStation. But I mean, it's literally the same exact game on both consoles, which is nice. And I haven't heard anything about what's really impressive to me is that not only does it sound like they've made a significant upgrade over last year, but it's also they had to learn like that. That studio has only made Sony PlayStation games. They had to learn now how to make a game for an Xbox system. They had to create a cross play and a cross progression system between the two different types of. of I mean, did, didn't they just have to? They just had to hit a button and flip a switch, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> was that that epic the that, that, we just had to accidentally hit <laughs> the switch and. Turn on I will say the cross progression stuff. This is still a Sony title, so it's not as good as like an Xbox uh, cross progression thing, like uploading to the cloud. To uh, actually, so there are only a couple things that are automatically transferred over. That's your created ball player and your Diamond Dynasty stuff. Like I can go from my Xbox to my PlayStation Five, and it will just automatically go over. However, if I want to carry over my road to the show or my franchise team, I have to first go on one of my consoles, upload it to the cloud manually, then go to the other console and download it. And just I have to do that every time I switch between consoles. It will not automatically save on both consoles. So that kind of sucks. Yeah, I remember doing that with Diablo 3, playing it you know, back and forth at my friend's house. And there were so many times when I had to call and be like, Tom, can you go to my profile on your PlayStation and upload my Witch Hunter so, or my Witch Doctor so that I can play it on my home? Because I forgot to transfer it. And that's a pain in the ass. That's one of the things I love most about uh, the Xbox One and the Series X is yeah. that's all automatic. Like, damn. I mean, but I, I, would take, I would take having to jump through hoops like that over having a game like Overwatch not have cross progression at all. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I'm, I'm not saying get rid of cross progression here. I'm <laughs> just saying it's not as good as it could be. Yeah. It just sounds so inefficient because like it's 2021. Like that has been figured out for years now how to do that kind of Nintendo stuff. Nintendo's been doing it since the 360. Does, does cloud uploads yeah. better than PlayStation? <laughs> yeah. Think about that. <laughs> Well, like, it must be that they're storing them on different servers, because if it was all on the same server, it wouldn't matter. It's got to be they're using different servers, which is kind of a total waste of resources and money on their part. That doesn't... Uh, that's really interesting. Uh, speaking of Overwatch, John, you played Overwatch? Yeah, man. Archives yeah. event is up. I love Overwatch, and I love the Archive event. Uh, this one is a little bit of a down year, I think, because they... They're still so focused on making Overwatch 2 that they, they're they not really putting out lore stuff like they usually do during the Archives event. And that's yeah. really what I love this event for. Uh, but this year, instead of like 
making a new comic and like showing off new skins in that comic. They all they did all the new skins are centered around uh wars in the past. So like Tracer has a uh, like a revolutionary war suit and so does Soldier 76 and uh Zarya has a Russian old style armor and so does Genji with uh Japan. So some really cool skins in there. Uh new challenges, it's fun. I still love Overwatch, but man, am I ready for new content. <laughs> are you, uh, what what platform do you play Overwatch on? I have it on everything, uh, PC, Switch, PlayStation, and Xbox. I mostly play on Xbox, though. There's been repeatedly several members of our Patreon community that want us to play Overwatch for a game night. Let's but do it. Holden doesn't have it. Let's, let's do it. I have it, but I've I never don't... played it outside of a demo weekend. And it's it's like we kind of need a Sherpa I, a little bit, but like, what's the what's the average team size I, on an Overwatch team? Is it six or is it four? To be six. Really? Okay. Really quickly, though, to be clear, the reason I'm not going to get it right now is why would I buy that game when two is coming out? Yeah, I get, yeah, relatively I get soon. Like, I just I'm not going to buy Overwatch right now. I but my point being, uh, on a game I night. really uh, when Overwatch two comes out, I think they're going to pretty much incorporate that into Overwatch one. And I yeah, think that's what you were saying. Yeah, all, all of your progress and everything you unlock, I think, will automatically carry over and everything, which is good. So if you want to do it that way, cool. Um, I recommend. I still think it's a great game. I think the community around it is toxic as all hell. Like, no, just <laughs> don't play with randoms. It's it it has turned me off playing uh, pickup games with randoms in almost every game. It, it's that bad. More toxic than Siege. Probably, I, I don't play much Siege, so I couldn't tell Siege you. Siege is insane. I, I don't. Overwatch I've, is there, I've seen a lot of racist stuff on Siege, like a lot. I was really surprised. It was yeah, yeah. Um, it was bad. It was really bad. Uh, the other guy on Pixel Street Podcast, Connor. Uh, I used to play in a group with him on Overwatch a lot. Uh, they kind of fell off, but I, I go back to it every now and then, and I play. I'll just play solo. I don't even join party chat or, or game chat or anything. I'll just go into my own party, play by myself, and I have fun. I think the game is designed beautifully. Uh, I love the characters. It's colorful. I love all the different abilities. I love the lore. Um, yeah, I'm just patient. I'm impatiently waiting for Overwatch 2. Well, it sounds like should if we do. play it. It, it, yeah, you should do me. an Overwatch game night because me and John have it everywhere. So, yeah. so that's we'll two play. of us. Me. It looks like Matt in the chat. Matt from Rhode Island says Overwatch exclamation point, and then let's do uh, it. Let's do it. He also said skeet, right skeet now. earlier. When so, Chad, when are we doing it? Set a date right it's, now. It's not this week because this do week it. we're doing not Mortal Kombat week. on okay, Friday. It's next week, you're saying. All right, done next week. I don't know. We'll all see. Guys, we'll see. I'll enjoy game April night. I guess I'll just. It's okay. We played a free game this last week, and Holden didn't play with this anyway because he didn't download it. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I did oh. download it, and then my PlayStation didn't download it. It crashed or something like that. I did my due diligence. PlayStation fucked up. It's not my fault. What, what was it? It was Apex. Oh, I played my Apex. PlayStation. Apex. Oh, yeah, Apex Legends, yeah. Apex? I don't know. Is Apex still a thing? Like, it, like yeah, is, 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 is it still really good? I haven't they played it They just 100 million players. I know that, but... That's cool. I'm glad. I really love Respawn. Uh, I don't. I just don't have any desire to go back to it for some reason. I don't know. Joel, you're back on that Ring Fit. Yeah, I'm back on that I've Ring Fit. I've been seeing fit. the Apple Watch notifications. Yeah, man. I do. I want to give you a shout out. You and Matt, too. You guys always replying to my uh, 
workout things. It's really motivating. But yeah, ever since we did uh, Ring Fit with Raph, I kind of fell off. But um, I got back into it this past week, and I'm I've been going hard. I played today, uh, which is surprising because I normally don't play it on weekends. I typically just do it during lunch, uh, during the week. But yeah, I'm getting back into it. It definitely feels like I feel good when I work out. But then, like if I stop working out for like a week, it's like why? Like why would I go back? You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, it's a great game. Like we said so many times, if you have a Switch already and you're looking to, you know, work out or have some sort of activity, <laughs> definitely pick it up. John. <laughs> Sorry. But, <laughs> Worth it. That's the first time John's ever picked that up. <laughs> no. It's just been a very long time since I've picked it up. <laughs> but yeah, that game's great. I've been going through more of the adventure mode. Uh getting back into it just because i feel like that's easier to do than you know doing the you know preset workouts for like work on your arms work on your you know your abs whatever your core um i've just been going through the adventure mode as i get back into it and then like what happened before i think after a few weeks i got bored of doing that and i just started doing my own workouts so i'm sure i'll end up back doing that but i did man i did an ab workout today i was facing some ab boss I almost threw up. I'm not even kidding. I like stood up. I, I like I stood up at the end of it. I was like kind of dizzy, and I like look over at my fiance. I was like, I think I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> and she's like, please, please don't. And then I just kind of like stood there for a few minutes. I drank some water, did my stretch, cool down, and then I took a shower. I was good, but yeah, I did not feel good after that. Some of those, some of those ab ones are completely unbalanced. Like like the ones where you like just push in against your abs. And then there's yeah, the one it's where so it's easy. like you're on the floor and you're doing the leg ones, and it's just like, oh my god, there's yeah, no way this should count so, similar. There's also one where you literally hold the ring in front of you, like, like horizontal to the ground, and then you just do this. Yeah. And it's like, all right, that's super easy. And then there's one where it's like, all right, do a plank for three minutes. It's like, what the <laughs> yeah. fuck? <laughs> yeah. But I, th- I think the ones that killed me the most are when you're on your back and you have to like lift your legs up repeatedly. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I did not feel good after that, but I mean, I feel good now. I feel great. Especially so. because I don't remember that one actually being super effective against the enemies. And it's like the one where you twist is just like destroys everything. And <laughs> yeah. then the actually hard one doesn't do much. No, the, the one where you twist can hit everybody that you're fighting all yep. at one time. And like the other one that you lay on the ground only attacks one person. So, Cressy. Speaking of, um, actually, before I transition into this next one, I sent everyone, there's a subscriber interrogative that came through in our Twitch chat. I sent everyone a picture oh, I added for it to later. The note already. Oh, great. Perfect. It's in the note. Forget everything about the Twitter thing that I just said. Um, so speaking of working out with video games, I mentioned last week that I've been doing box VR a couple days a week, just literally boxing in VR. It's just Beat Saber, but with jabs and crosses and uppercuts. Um, and I've it's grown on me, and I've gone from like two times a week to now almost every day, which is really cool. Like, it's something that I enjoy doing. And I'm even doing it in addition to regular workouts. So I'll like I'll do a workout in the morning at the gym, and then I'll come home and later that night before I go to bed, I was like, let's box for 25 minutes. Um, and uh, that's what question. I do when I come home every night too. Have you, have you ever played <laughs> Have you ever played Creed VR? Creed VR. I haven't. No, that was like the movie, re- like most licensed movie shit. Game. I don't check out. 
I mean, it was like it has nothing to do with the movie at all. Okay, it's just it, a it's, it's just a boxing, boxing game. just with those characters. Yeah. And like towards the beginning of quarantine, I picked that up because uh, it was on sale, and I used that to work out as well. Um, but honestly, I feel like I don't know. I'm kind of sick of my PSVR. I feel like it's such a hassle to set up most of the time. Uh, I feel like if I got a new headset at this point, like if I wanted one today, I'd probably get the Quest 2 just because of all those updates they've been making. Yeah. But, I mean, I want to see what the new PSVR is. But Me too. I'm ready for that. I've I've gotten to the point, now, though, now we're like over here. You have my, like my PSVR is like out and ready to go. My move wands are charging. I've got the breakout box already connected with HDR pass-through. Like I literally bought PSVR twice just so I could get the HDR pass-through and not have to reconnect everything every time so I've that's got my myself problem. I, I have to reconnect it every time because i can't live without that hdr pass yeah i would not I if i still had the version one i 100 percent would not be playing vr as often as i do right now so i'm loving that again we played uh, apex legends for game night i surprised myself at how bad i am at that game yet still how how much fun <laughs> it can be <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of battle royals in general, isn't it? You always feel like you're awful when you get knocked yep. out. Yep. Especially when I, you see videos on Twitter of people who just get five kills in a row when they're basically John Wick running through a building, mm-hmm. and you, you, then you're playing and you die immediately. Yeah, you see them, like, not even aiming down sights, shoot you from 300 yards away, just like, you're dead. <laughs> and I'm just, like, literally 10 feet from you, firing 35 bullets into your chest, and nothing happens. That's where it gets frustrating. I am like 10 hours into Final Fantasy IX. I binged a ton today and yesterday. Um, we're playing that because it's our barf game this last two months. Backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends, where we all play that game. Uh, we talk about it at the end of the month. We've got a couple of guests in mind who want to help us out talk about that show, that game. We also have a new game to announce for barf for next month. And this is going to be a two-monther again. So May and yeah. June... We are officially playing Red Dead Redemption 2. Yes. Red Dead Redemption. And, uh, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish that game. I'm just going to spend so long jerking off looking at horse balls that I'm just... So you, <laughs> did, did you guys not play it when it came out? No. I played half of it, and I really liked it, and then just other things came up, and I never got a chance to finish it, and I really, really want to finish that game because I liked it a lot. Yeah, I played I, I the first it. 30 minutes of Red Dead 1 like 30 times where you have to do something with a horse and like look at bunnies or something like that. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this. And then everything being super realistic and like, you have to brush your hair and clean your gun. And all, I was like, I don't, I don't want to do any of that shit. So that turned me off. So that's the whole reason I why I never it. got it. I just didn't want all that stuff. Also just with rockstar games, Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption. Like the last thing I want to do is actually play through those stories. Um, I, I realized that, like the first Red Dead Redemption has a great story and the second one probably does as well. Um, but man, all I want to do is just cause havoc in those games. <laughs> I don't I don't want to go on a story mission. I just want to, like in Grand Theft Auto V, all I want to do is I want to start being chased by cops and see how long I can survive. Oh, there are real consequences in this game too for wrecking havoc. Like there's a bounty on your head. And like people they, literally come yeah. to your house in real life and kill you. <laughs> there are oh, real consequences it right away. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, that's our barf game. If you want to influence what we play, 
Um, go to patreon.com slash fire, and it turns out you guys just want to hear me shit on that game in two months. That's it. Um, <laughs> He's going into it with a very open mind. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, next up, Holden, talk about Fez real quick, and then we'll talk about the Resident Evil Village demo. Oh, yeah. So Fez was surprisingly announced at the Nintendo Indie event. Um, I don't know if we have to talk about that event at all anymore, because the only thing that was important <laughs> was Fez. Um, and Oxenfree yeah, so 2. I, Come on. Oxenfree we'll, 2. Hell yeah. Oxenfree we'll 2. Get to that. We'll get to that. I don't know anything about Oxenfree other than it was supposed to be a good game. Um, but, um, yes, yeah, so I, I played Fez on my PS Vita way back when, but not all the way through on it. So this time I'm like, I'm going to beat it this time. I'm going to get all 32 cubes. And I guess that's how you're going to beat the game, I think. Um, and I'm playing, playing through that. It's just such a clever, fun, enjoyable, like peaceful platformer, but then also like puzzly, and you have to kind of figure stuff out. And it just has a great balance of a lot of different kind of um, different styles of of a platformer, where it can have nice challenges to it, it can have a lot of exploration to it, but it's calm and relaxing throughout too. I I really love it that has game some a lot. Deep puzzles. It has an entire language you have yeah. to learn. Not it, like it doesn't say, here's how this word works. No, it's like you just fucking figure it out. Just look at shit on the walls and figure it out. I, I'm starting to notice that and um do I have to do that to beat the game? I mean no, listen, I hundred percent of that game, but I one hundred percent use guides the entire time to do it. So you don't okay. have to do that. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do as much as I can without guides, but there is a huge level of satisfaction <clears throat> leaving an area and going to the map and seeing it's gold has a gold perimeter around it, knowing you did everything, that I just feel like I want that experience of going through the entire map and seeing a bunch of gold cubes because I did everything. And I feel like I'm going to have to use a guide to do everything. But I'm going to do as much as I can first. It's great. It's a really, really good game. Yeah, I'm playing it on Switch. I bought it on Switch, got it on Switch. Uh, It's it's the perfect platform for a game like that. Yeah, I I beat it on Vita, got 100%. There is no platinum trophy in that game, which fucking sucks. (gasps) Should have played it on Switch. You should have known it was going to come out in like a decade. That's why I'm not saying like, Holden, you should have played it on Vita. Play it on Switch. You can do it. (laughs) <laughs> this is a game I, I I really might grab on Switch. I've never played it, but I've been looking for a new Switch game lately. So I'll probably it's give it a try. Good. It's shorter than I thought. I feel like I'm actually much farther in it than I would have expected considering how little I've played it. But it's a pretty short game, actually. Chad, correct me if I'm wrong, because you've actually finished it. Um, I don't remember what is like main path and what's all the extra shit, because I just did it all mm, kind of at okay. the same time. But I do remember I don't know if being... there is a main path, though. Is so that? you can kind of like, uh, yeah, it's very exploration based. So you can kind of just go any order you want. According, you can kind of do things whatever order you want. According to howlongthebeat.com, main story is six hours. Completionist is 11 and a half. That's not bad. Resident it's Evil good, Village. Uh, are Holden and I the only ones that played this demo? I played it. You played it too, John? I did not. I'm Joel, a baby. Joel sent us I, I am a baby with a baby bottle emoji. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to try and sugarcoat it at all. I don't do scary stuff. I tried streaming one time uh, Resident Evil 7 in VR. I think oh that's God. the most views I think that's the most views <laughs> I ever had on Twitch cuz I was like screaming, but I will never do it again. <laughs> it was fucking horrifying. But also, and the whole time I was playing this, I just wanted it to be in VR as well. Really quick before we talk about the game, I'm convinced that PSVR 2 will ship with 
like re- not ship with, but like Resident Evil Village will be VR with PSVR two. I have a feeling that's going to happen. You think so? Just, Why wouldn't they? I think so. Yeah. I well, mean, that was such a big have- thing for seven. <laughs> It was such a big thing for Seven, and there's so many things in this where I'm like, they're really, you know, creating that that feeling of really moving around, kind of the sway and all that, where I'm like, I feel like this this has a feeling of, like, I want to play this in VR a lot, and if you have to make games separately for PSVR 2 versus PSVR 1, why invest in PSVR 1 when the second one's going to come out and they'll have more sales on it anyway? So, I feel like there's a chance that could happen. I'm Wait, did it. you I play mean, it in would... VR, Chad, the first one? I pl- yeah, I only played the entire thing. I played it all in VR. And Jesus Christ. It was hor- like <laughs> horrifying. Like I swear to god my neighbors in Chicago thought I was being murdered. But I, only in short spurts. I could only play it in like 90 minutes to 2 hours at a time because I would just like I would have to throw up. <laughs> yeah, I got so nauseous playing that game. The not throw maybe up I'll from go motion back sickness to for it. me. That was for holding but throw up just out of pure terror. But like the the fight with the the dad or the the father figure of that that family where they bust through the wall and then you have you know the car you're circling around the car and then finally with the chainsaw and you're like chainsawing him in the head in first person in vr oh my god some of the scary shit so i i think as far as i got was like i got to the scene where you sit at the table with the whole family and then everybody gets up and walks away that's as far as i got and i was like i can't i can't do this that's that's where it gets like that particular moment because you don't understand like the movement patterns of the characters in the game yet. You don't understand like that walls can be broken through, so like that point scares the shit out of you. And it's all about hiding in that point too. So it's not like you don't even have anything to defend yourself. You're just like trying and not I to be hate spotted. Stealth games. I hate stealth games. So there's also just that one really long hall, and you're like, if I if they see me, I can't. It's like one long haul and then to a dead end. So there's just this fear of like, they're going to come up right now, aren't they? And I'm screwed because I'm in this long hallway and there's no escape. That that freaked me out. Great game. So enough really about Resident game. Evil 7. Resident Evil Village, this demo. Uh, it is an interesting release strategy for this demo. It is, you can only play each demo for 30 minutes at a time and only in a specific eight-hour window, which started at like 8 p.m. on the East Coast this Saturday. And if you're PlayStation, Not you can play even- it a couple weeks early. And then if you're anyone else, you can play it in May. Not even at a time, like 30 minutes total. So yeah. I had like six minutes left at the end. And I'm like, oh, let me just play the whole demo again. See if I can do it faster or something. Because it's really enjoyable. I liked it. And he's like, nope, you have six minutes left. <clears throat> and I'm like, oh, nope. <laughs> Can't do anything in six minutes. Yep. So yeah, they, they really locked it down. So this demo, they are specifically calling the gameplay demo. So you get you know hands-on with the guns and the shooting mechanics. You get, um, you get to kind of get a feel for how the game plays um what were some of your first reactions in getting your hands on it john let's start with you um this is a resident evil game <laughs> like <laughs> it, it felt very similar to seven i didn't play much of seven though so i guess i can't talk too much on that but uh yeah it it there you have the obscure puzzles find the um mural things that you have to put into the doors to open them up and find a screwdriver to unlock this and everything and the shooting nail them five times in the head to actually kill them so yeah it it was resident evil all right (laughs) hold on what were your first initial thoughts Uh, i liked it a lot i agree with everything john said it's very much just more resident evil which i think is a good thing because i like you know the kind of new form of resident evil um the kind of sticking to the the kind of horror roots of it 
Um, I not that I play the old games, but I like the just kind of pure horror elements to it. Um, I I feel like though this demo really gave me a lot of hype and excitement going into the full game because it seems like they have a really interesting environment you're in. There seems to be really good characters. Can we do spoilers for the demo? Yes. <laughs> Can we spoil it? Yeah. Um, everyone dies, so I don't know if like <laughs> the characters are. Um, we can expect those same kind of colorful characters going forward, but I really liked the characters a lot in this. It felt like this was going to be very similar to like seven in terms of style, but I got a sense that story is really important in this one too. Um, and I'm very curious to kind of where it goes. I just, I'm pumped. I like that creepy witch lady who's like laughing at you and, I, I like. I just like the Resident Evil character who can somehow walk through these worlds completely unscathed, and you struggle to do so. I always love. There's always <laughs> that like kind of character in Resident Evil games that I've seen so far, at least. Um, really liked it a lot. And actually, one small thing with the inventory system I liked too: the key items, like the the two like um, plaques you get, they don't take up your inventory space for ammo and for your guns. That kind of stuff. It's separate. Oh man, that is and so neither nice. Neither do things like gunpowder or like healing yeah. items. Those don't take up space in your inventory for crafting. I have a question. Where does this fit in? Is this like a direct sequel to Resident Evil Seven? Yeah. Yeah. If if you okay. actually look character, if you look at the Resident Evil uh, village like logo, uh, you know how they did the like seven thing. Uh, they in did Ville, the same yeah. thing here, but technically this is Resident Evil Seven Point One, so it's. V I L and then the the L is actually a decimal and then one. So instead of Resident Evil Eight Village, this is Resident Evil Seven Point One Village. And they don't usually refer to it as Resident Evil Eight either. They usually just refer yeah, to it as never like to Resident it as Evil Village. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm fully um, on board. I can't wait. I I loved it. I've, I, I really had like Ethan Winters. Me too. I like either. I love the actor for him. Like I felt like even though it's first person, you don't really see his acting. I felt like his voice was was really expressive. And um, I'm curious, Holden. You mentioned about the characters and like story being important. I'm curious with the specific characters we ran into this, whether they're actually in the game or not, or whether they were just invented for the demo. Because you know you meet them in the demo for the first time, and they die before the demo <laughs> ends. Uh, and Resident Evil's known for doing demos where like it's not the same content that you play in the actual game. It's just something slightly yeah. different. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if we'll yeah, even th- see those people at all. Yeah, what if like the whole game actually takes place in the castle or like just outside it where yeah, this is right before then you just getting to the castle. Yeah. I yeah. really, really loved I don't know what it was, the the movement and the camera. I felt like this mm-hmm. was like it was the perfect amount of motion blur. It felt like there was there's a little bit of of input lag bef- like with you pushing the right stick and your actual your camera turning, but it feels natural and good. And I and I I really noticed it in this game, gameplay demo. I didn't notice it so much in the last one, but I it feels really really good to play and that made me super excited as well. Yeah, absolutely 100%. It's extremely refined it feels. And the uh, um, the the gameplay, like the gunplay with the, first of all, is it possible to kill those werewolves in the fucking tall grass that are spooky as hell? <laughs> yeah, I you just emptied. have to keep laying into them. 
it's it's I it takes a lot. Two clips of my handgun and the one shotgun bullet, and it didn't die. So then I just assumed, okay, yeah. I just got to run yeah, away from after, these guys. After a bit, I snuck you, past them, I so think, I didn't even shoot them. I think you have to hit them in the head because if you hit them in the head enough, like zombies, their head explodes, and then they'd fall to the ground. I was able to use the grass and just kind of sneak away and sneak past them. Um, but then when I got to the door of the cabin, they were starting to come after me. But I got in quick enough. I do so. want to ask, do you guys like the Resident Evil story? So uh, here's I don't my really question. Know what it is, is. Does it really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Does it really have a story? Because like, like, Are you asking as a whole or like? As a whole. The whole series. But, like, do you enjoy that? I because think like, what I, it is. I don't know. I thought Resident Evil 7 was kind of like its own thing. Like like in the same universe but separate. I mean, I yeah, they 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 it in so. Umbrella is there and all that. Yeah, they pitched um, it as that, and it kind of was. And then at the end of the game, like the last twenty percent of the game, you realize, oh fuck, it is still Umbrella behind all of this, doing all their same shady shit. Yeah. Well, I just I ask feel because like, werewolves and vampires feel so random to me for what the past has been for this series. Uh, obviously, werewolves and vampires have been done by almost every horror franchise out there, so Resi had to get in at some point. But in the past, it's been zombies, biological weapons, and everything. And the last one was... I don't even know what that was. Goo yeah. monsters, the black goo. <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, they've had doing- you know, little lizard monsters. They've had bees mm-hmm. and flying shit. They've had rabid dogs. They've had parasites yeah yeah they've been all over the place so i guess it was a matter of time it, it just I'm, I'm really excited to see the game because i love resident evil's whole story i think it is one of the stupidest storylines you can find <laughs> in video games and i absolutely love it i keep up to I, it i i really don't play through the games because like joel i'm a little bitch i am not good <laughs> with horror games but man i love resident evil Joel called himself a baby, but you just straight up called him a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> Both. I kind of feel like the overarching story doesn't matter. I feel like it's just they've created this world where they have this big corporation, which can be kind of spooky. They and they just kind of it, it creates this excuse where they can be all over the world, do experiment with different things, put werewolves in there if they want to, do nemesis, do Mister X, be in a police station, be in a village in Spain. I feel like they just kind of created this world where they can just have this ongoing story that goes nowhere but it's okay because each story in and of itself is interesting because it's quirky and cheesy but also scary and terrifying at the same time I mm-hmm. feel like it just kind of comes down to they can do whatever they want and they're, just, they're just going I, to I can't wait till they go to space until they include Chris Redfield who's a mainstay in the series and you're like oh okay this is connecting to the past and all these other games so there is something there yeah that when, guy's when they freaking go to space? arms but he doesn't. He looks different than Chris Redfield did in other games, doesn't he? Well, Chris I mean, Redfield looks different. Looks he looks different in almost on, every game, I think. Yeah, Resident okay. Evil Five is where they introduce like, hey, you now have the arms of a gorilla for some reason yeah. on a human Punch sized this body. Giant boulder. <laughs> so is this so like maybe it's kind of like Zelda, where like it's Link, but it's a new version of Link each time. It's not really connected. Nintendo will say there's this huge timeline for Zelda, but we all know that's just an afterthought excuse, and they really just focus on making one game at a time. You mean Shigeru Miyamoto didn't plan for Breath of the Wild back in 1986? Oh, he 100% did. Miyamoto's (laughs) a genius, so I'll never say anything bad about him. (laughs) So I think we're all pretty excited for it, Joel especially, uh, to play Resident Evil 8 in VR, whenever it does eventually come to VR. Uh, there's another demo coming next week, the castle demo. I know I'm going to play it. Holden, you said you're not. You just want to now experience I'm the not. game. Yeah. 
John, are you going to so, play the next demo? I might. I mean, it's a demo. I, I might as well download it and give it a try. It, have they? Is it another half hour thing? It's another yeah. half hour thing, and then in two weeks, you can then play either of the demos for a full hour. Gotcha. Oh, you have to choose either or? No, you have an hour to spend however much you want between the two demos. So you can play 45 gotcha, in okay. one and 15 in another, or all an hour in one. What a in weird the village demo. one, I don't know how much content there would really be, because... It, once you get through the door and you put the two like not emblems in there, it just cut off anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't think like oh okay, that, that's yeah. also exactly where my timer went out. Like he pushed the door open, it's like time's up. Yeah, like, no, oh. that, so that yeah, is you, the end. you push, yeah, you push the door open, and then he like looks up to the castle, and it's kind of like looming in the haze. And then a trailer um, plays. Yeah, then a trailer plays. Yeah, um, so yeah, I don't. The thing is, I all right. Question, John. I I don't know if we came up with an answer, Chad, but John, it, the first demo, the ten minute one. Was that the castle, or was that somewhere else in the village? That's got to be the castle, right? I mean, what? Could, yeah, I think it could be. Yeah, because but... you're in like the cellar of the castle with the the cells and the jails and all them, and the pudding and the jello and. And why, why okay. would all those women be somewhere else? I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 just, always I just castles. get the impression that they're always in that castle. I don't know why. I, I have that impression, too. I just don't know if we've been told explicitly yet. So I kind of feel like there's so much building up to this castle that I'm like, well, you know what? I don't want to see any more about the castle. I want to just experience that build up and get to it in the game. I had this like, in, like imaginary moment in my head where like you're walking up to the castle for the first time. You go through the doors and your heart's like pounding. You're just like, oh, my God. It's been built up the whole game. It's, it's death-filled throughout. Um, I want that moment. I don't want to get it ruined. And it might have already been. But Chad, in our text chat, he did the uh, Men in Black memory wipe, so I don't even remember anything yeah. I'm talking about. Oh, it's, it's, gone gone yeah. <laughs> it's gone now. Um, I'm One thing I, I do want to try with the next one in the castle demo, you can turn the, the demo itself on PS5 is by default 4K, 45 frames a second with ray tracing. But you could switch it to 4K60 from the main menu. But I didn't bother doing all that because of the time limit. I was like, I don't want to exit the main menu, waste time changing it, and then jump back into the game. But I might do that with the castle one just to see how the game feels in 60 frames a second Mm -hmm. without ray tracing and what that looks like. Yeah. It ran really smooth. So I might keep it that way. Yeah, because I usually am. A, I'm usually sticking with 60 frames per second in lieu of ray tracing, but that was so smooth. I might just keep ray tracing. I also on. don't know if I can tell the difference between 45 a second and 60 a second. So yeah, I can't tell the difference between 30 and 60. So <laughs> I can definitely tell the difference between 30 and 60, but yeah, I don't know about 45 and 60. We are we've spent over an hour, and we're just now getting to our quest log, y'all. And we've got a subscriber interrogative and a game on game show. Good thing our quest log is short as hail today. Let's start with Nintendo. There was a Nintendo Indie World showcase. All the games and trailers of Steve Watts at GameSpot. We have a long list of shit that was shown off, but I don't want to mention everything that was in there. I want you guys to just talk about what might have excited you or what you thought looked dumb. Oxenfree Free 2, game. baby! I've never played Oxenfree. Oxenfree oh, yeah. right. And it's on Game Pass, I think. I, I think so, too. Their uh, second one about drinking with the devil is on Game Pass, so I assume Oxenfree yeah, is on Game Pass party. as well. That that one's okay, but Oxenfree is special, man. That is such a good game. Uh, it's also a game, it, it's one of those games where I played through and I was so engrossed in it that I was like, oh man, I have to play this again, and I played through it three different times in a row just Damn. to 100% it. Uh, but one of the coolest things is that I, I was not expecting at all, every time you play through the game, 
<clears throat> it affects the story. Like there are different aspects of the game. I don't want to give away spoilers, but Chad, you've played it, right? Yeah, I didn't realize it. Subsequent you know playthroughs. How, you know how there is like some kind of mind fucky shit in that game, right? Mm-hmm. There are times where like you'll you'll be going through it and uh, your character will be like, "Wait, haven't I seen this before?" And you're like, "Shit, dude! <laughs> I, I oh, I want to talk about it, but That's I can't." Awesome! It's so good. Play it. Yeah, that was like their uh, one more thing. Like, all right, we're done now. And then they spend like 20 seconds. Most people turn it off and then they go, just kidding. Here's Oxen <laughs> Free 2. Yeah. Uh, Aerial Knights Never Yield looked pretty cool to me too. Just, just the art style was. was cool. It was the one where um, it was like developed in Detroit, but it had a cool art style. It was one of the first games they showed, I think the second or third one. Oh, yes. That one had a really cool art style. I also remember liking Chris Tales, but I, now I, I was like, I know that game made me feel things in a good way, but I don't remember anything about it. So I'm going to look that up real quick, too. All in all, successful, unsuccessful, thumbs up, thumbs down, poop. Was Fez fine. was there. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Fez. That's it. Fez. Everyone was wearing was tiny fun. little Fez hats. It. Indie World is just one of those things where I'm really glad Nintendo does it. Yeah. But it is what it is. It's a bunch of indie games. So, like, I'm excited for them. Awesome. Anyone a huge TMNT fan? Excited by Shredder's Revenge coming to Switch? I mean, I'll probably play that on Xbox or something. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to include D'Angelo, so why would I bother to play that (laughs) version of the game? (laughs) D'Angelo. Or D'Angelo. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it sounds like... It was an indie direct. Awesome. Yeah, go check that out if you're interested. I think we'll move on. Third-party quest log. Here's where we get good shit, y'all. Bioshock is one of yeah. maybe my favorite game franchise yeah. of all time. It's um, up there with me. It's so good. It's so good. I've now so platinumed all three games as well. All right, Bioshock 4 to be open world and have ambitious AI per job listing, says Chandler Wood at PlayStation Lifestyle. So we know the game's in development. We've known that for a little bit now. Um, according to the job listing, here are a few things about it. The game will feature an open world design separate from Rapture and Columbia, but you know, there's always a lighthouse. There will be a living open world. AI will include an urban crowd system that pushes the envelope of what's possible with interactive crowd systems. Uh, it's obviously going to be in first person since that's Bioshock's heritage. There will be fully interactive set pieces that integrate with the AI. You will of course, of course have guns and powers again. And then this last quote, it says, combine handcrafted set pieces with emerging AI behavior to create a living world that offers players variety at every step of the game. So, John, you're a Bioshock fan. Anyone else here a Bioshock fan? I know Holden, you're like, you like it. I mean, I No, I like you, it a I, lot. I just didn't like I, Bioshock Infinite as much as everyone else did. I'm, I'm a baby. Well, you're wrong. Like, I, that's okay, I literally, <laughs> I literally got scared playing Bioshock 1. I think I played like two hours of it. That game's scare scary, especially in the beginning. It, it is you come scary. up in the bathosphere and then Dude, you know, those the big daddies. Thing is that what they're called? Big daddies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah also big daddies. You pick up the thing from the table and turn around, and there's a guy right in your face. Hmm. Yep. Scary. All you have is a wrench at the beginning, and your electric powers is like, um, I'm pumped as shit for this. I feel like this is a little bit like the set pieces with the AI kind of makes me think about how they started to play with pulling things in from other dimensions in Bioshock Infinite. And it's kind of an extension of that, um, which gets me gets me pumped. 
I'm yeah. curious what they're talking about with the crowd AI, like interactive crowd systems, because I don't remember was, really crowds in this that, game. That tells me well, so, and we know it's going to be a new a new city. It's probably going to be something not a not like a typical city, but we know it won't be underwater. It won't be in the sky. Who knows? Maybe it'll be in a volcano. Let's say that. And all I get from that is you'll just be like walking through the city and people will be like interacting and stuff. That's all I get out of it. My my dream location for this game, and this might go too much into system shock territory. I don't know. But I want it to be like on a moon base or like a base on Mars or something like that where it has this huge like glass like dome over the city to protect it from the elements and it's just this like self-contained like city. I think that would be really, really cool. It you would kind of create that isolation. And I feel like it kind of ties into the whole like rapture thing of like it's separate from society. They can do whatever they want there. I think that would work really well in that kind of environment. Um, in Bioshock Infinite, one of the things I liked a lot about that game is I didn't I didn't hate it. I just didn't like the ending of it. But um, one of the things I liked about that game was that it, it was you got to see the downfall of that city. You get to see the downfall of Columbia kind of playing out. I think that's kind of where the crowd system plays in here that tells me that we're not going to be in the post-apocalyptic version of one of these cities. It's either going to be in the middle of a city and we see its downfall or just in the middle of the city itself. And that's cool. I, I think I, perf- I prefer that kind of style. Um, really, really excited about, about that. Um, I'm actually probably most excited about that. I think an open world... <clears throat> would work well with Bioshock, especially if there's this kind of changing element to the city over time as as the world starts to change. Like, what does that mean with AI? Does that mean that certain things that you do in the city will have different impacts for other players than it would from for you than it would for other players? Like, what does that mean with like machine learning potentially? Um, I think that's really there's a lot of really cool potential for something like this. Yeah, I'm pumped as hell. I'm just happy that we're getting. I mean, this isn't news. It's not like they released a press release. It's a job listing. But yeah. I'm happy that we're starting to get little details. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm cautiously optimistic because I love Bioshock so much. And it, it will be interesting to see how a game post Ken Levine does in the series. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I don't know. I mean, Bioshock 2 was still pretty good. Yeah. And Minerva's yeah, Bioshock 2 was good. I, I definitely And those were it. not Ken Levine. But... Uh, I don't know the whole open world thing just I'm I'm tired of big open world games with crafting systems and everything I'm tired of them yeah I hear you it is what if it's like a really small like open world where it's more about being really familiar with this small place I think that would work well but I agree if it's this like sprawling landscape that's so against what Bioshock is Mm mm-hmm I just it wouldn't work. I totally that, agree with you. That was one of the so the city is pretty much its own character in the Bioshock games, and Rapture yeah. was small and enclosed because you're under the ocean with all these psychos and everything. Like that is an important aspect of the game. If you just widen that up, you're taking that whole factor out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Let's move on. Joel, I know you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that you uh, are not a pickle person, but uh, hopefully this next story tickles your pickle. The first Oculus Gaming Showcase is taking place on April 21st. Adam Bankhurst at IGN says, uh, we're going to learn a little bit more about what's coming down the pipeline for Oculus Quest 2, which has only been getting some really awesome press, like best-selling 
Oculus headset or sold more than every other Oculus headset combined, which is really great. We've already heard, thanks to the Resident Evil showcase, that Resident Evil 4 will be in VR, exclusive to Oculus, and we're going to get more info at that event as well. And then we know there's going to be some Star Wars stuff, Lone Echo 2, um, and some surprises as well. I mean, they just announced that you could play your Quest 2 wirelessly to your PC now. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah, that link, but what do they call it? Airstream or Airlink or something like that? Yeah, I don't know what it's called. Which makes yeah. me think that if PSVR 2 comes out and there's no wireless option, even with like an additional peripheral or something like that, it's like, mm-hmm. if I can link my Oculus Quest 2 to a PC and play PC-level VR at 120 hertz. You don't have but a I PC. But I have to sacrifice my life to, to Facebook in order to gain an Oculus, so. Yeah, true. Uh, we also have a new Nintendo Switch Lite color was revealed, launching next month, says Leona Rupert at Game Informer. It's like, it's blue-ish. It's like, yeah, yeah navy it's blue. like a weird in between of like blue and purple, right? Yeah, like mm-hmm. a, like an indigo, yeah. like the yeah. color of the rainbow they always leave out on rainbows. Strange choice to to, to come out with another one, I'd say. And just one, like the like they had teal, which was like kind of a bluish green, but like usually when you see refreshes in colors, it's like here are like three new colorways that might be replacing our old ones or something like that. Well, those three colors were that was also the launch of the Switch Lite. Yeah. So I don't well, know. And then and then later on they came out with the coral one, which is like a pink. I forgot about that coral. one. Coral. <laughs> coral. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. They they came out with the coral one, and uh, now they have this new one. But I don't know. Weird. Just show me uh, that Switch Pro. Switch Pro con leche. Um, speaking of, go to youtube.com slash whatever our, our extension is and check out the grind where we say there is no Switch Pro. Uh, Returnal's latest trailer introduces enemies of all varieties says Rebecca Smith at PlayStation Lifestyle this sold me on the game honestly watched this and I was like I don't even care if it's a fucking roguelite these uh, these enemies look awesome as shit and the arcade elements are still there somehow even in like you could tell it was it was Housemark that that's making this game even though it's like 3D boss combat anyone else pumped for Returnal got Returnal fans I know Holden's like not into it no yeah I mean I'll see how it plays out. Maybe I'll get yeah. it. There's just a lot of games I need to play this year, and it's just not at the forefront. Yeah, it's, coming it's a maybe. It's coming maybe. I mean, if you if you don't buy it at full price, you might as well not even buy it. Yeah, right. yeah. If you don't buy it at full price, <laughs> fuck off. Um, two more stories here before we get into our subscriber interrogative. The Last of Us TV series casts Gabriel Luna as Joel's younger brother. Says Leona Rupert at Game Informer. Uh, this is the previously seen in Terminator Dark Fate. Dark. Dark Fate, not Date Fate. No, Date Fate, yeah. Date Fate. Terminator Dark Fate. I like Date Fate. That's really funny. Uh, as the Terminator. Prepare I thought he was actually dated. pretty good in that. And then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Rosewood. I'm really only familiar with him from Dark Fate. Um, but great. Never seen either. Cool. It's closer to real. And then finally, Mario Kart 8 becomes the best-selling racing game in U.S. history, says Liam Doolin at Nintendo Life. According to NPD, what did it pass? Hell yeah! What was number two, Holden? I didn't actually click on the link. Yeah, yeah. What, what did it pass? My guess, without seeing the list, my guess would be Mario Kart Wii, right? Yeah, yeah I think it was. Wondering. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah, maybe. combined sales overtake the Wii entry. Yeah, it was the Wii version. Okay. All right. Was, so Mario like, Kart was, now was, is was one, it? two, and probably f- the next ten slots. Yeah. Yeah. Every every <laughs> Mario Kart game is at the top of the list. 
What's going to beat it? Project Gotham Racing 3. Hey, great game. I love PGR 3. I mean, I love Project Gotham Racing on regular Xbox, but... I'm just ready for Mario Kart 9. Come on, Nintendo. Stop playing with your shit. You know, I don't want Mario Kart 9, actually. I want Nintendo Kart. I want, like, our Smash Kart, or I want, like, the full Nintendo roster. I want, like, Smash Bros., but for racing. I mean, yeah, that's fine. That. I mean, yeah, but like next Mario Kart. I just want a new Kart game. That's all I want. <laughs> off the top <laughs> of your head, off the top of your head, Nintendo Kart. What's the what's the roster look like? Different than what's already there. Well, because you could include if they're treating it like Smash Bros. You could include characters from different franchises that aren't even from. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm asking, to begin with. Who do you want? Who do you want on it? Oh, I would want like Samus to be there. That would be really cool. I think having like Pokemon in the carts would be really awesome. Having like a Game and Watch in the Samus cart would be really cool. Drive. With one hand, because she's got <laughs> like Samus's. Samus could ride in her uh, ship. She has a Metroid Prime. Like that would be so cool. I would love to see that kind of stuff. I mean, you could use a little thing to didn't... like pull people. It's kind yeah. of crazy that they didn't include Captain Falcon in Eight Deluxe, since they have uh, the F Zero tracks, and then I also think they have the Blue Falcon in there. Mm-hmm. It'd be cool. All right, boys. Oh, they wouldn't have changed a lot. I just realized, who, who said the whole pulling, the same as pulling? Me. That was me. That was my brilliant idea. You made me think it for a second. They would, actually, they did Smash Card. They'd have to change it up. Like, maybe you don't get items, or if you get items, they're tied to your character specifically. So, like, there's character-specific moves in Smash. You'd have, like, items that are specific to the characters that would kind of help you decide which you know, character they do that be. in. They actually um, might have to change a lot. Mario Kart on the phone. Everyone has their own specific, unique move as a character. Oh... Smash Cart confirmed, Chad. It's confirmed now. For, All right, here, first two things before we wrap today. Two fun things. First one is a subscriber interrogative, which is something we haven't done in a long time, but if you have a, a question that you would love for us to answer or something like that, usually go to uh, affableidiots.com, and there's a little spot where you can submit. Uh, we had one come through our chat in twitch.tv slash affableidiots, watching live right now. DF and Smitty sent us an image now, for those of you who are on the podcast right now, Holden, Joel, John, me, in our Google Doc, we have that image for you to look at. I just now put it onto the stream so anyone watching can see. But the, the question basically comes down to a choice between two stacks of VHS movies. <laughs> Before we stack get to a, this, I have a question. How did B. they get a Captain America and Iron Man VHS yeah, I was uh, confused. Those are the, the two. old Captain America VHSs. I'm sure. I don't think that's the new no, movie. No, that 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 uh, is the new one. That's yeah. modern that's day. One. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wonder like, how much Iron that Man. That's the Tony Stark Iron Man. 100. Yeah. percent Or that's the um, Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man. It's all the Tony Stark Iron Man. <laughs> that was 2007. That came out. You think VHSs? Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, they probably still did have a VHS release of Iron Man at least. Not Captain America though. I don't know. Captain America well, was, was only, only a like a year years later. later. No, it was after Incredible Hulk. Well, Incredible either way, Hulk was I, the I, same I, year. Either, either way, I have some stuff to say about these stacks here, right? All right. For, I would on, ar- for anyone listening, for anyone listening, let me like go through real quick what's in each stack. Stack A. Okay. You're eating Reese's Pieces as your candy. The movies are Liar Liar, Hook, Gremlins, Batman, <clears throat> Mighty Ducks. Uh, what is that? A League of Their Own. What is it? Oh, A League of Their Own, Jurassic Park, Die Hard, Fright Night, Ghostbusters, Monster Squad, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Iron Man, Shawshank Redemption, and The Breakfast Club. B, if you choose B, you're eating peanut M&Ms like a bitch. 
The Mask, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Goodfellas, Back to the Future, Karate Kid, Ghost, Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Lost Boys, Mrs. Doubtfire, Tombstone, The Goonies, Friday the 13th Part 3, Captain America, Halloween, Stand By Me. Joel, what do you All think? Right. He, he, so here's my issue with the with this these two stacks here. Is I would argue that some of those movies could be better or worse depending on what you're eating, right? If you're eating something you hate, <laughs> go on. If, explain if yourself. You're eating, if you're eating something you hate but you love the movie, you can be oh. like, oh, that, that fucking that was a terrible experience. But you're specifically here's, here's, eating Reese's Pieces or M and M's, right? Yeah, one or the right. other. He, here's my problem though. I'm allergic to peanuts. Well, so we have to sacrifice I, Joel. Good. We all so decided to, to movie night. I'm not, I'm not invited, I guess. But no, honestly, if I could, I'd choose A for me personally. Uh, I am allergic to peanuts as of like six years ago. But before then, I was never allergic to peanuts. And I used to eat the fuck out of Reese's Cups. And it's the one thing I miss most. I'm an A kid too. Obviously, Reese's Pieces. It's mostly for the candy because I was a hefty young yes. child and Reese's and peanut butter <laughs> all over my face. Um, so that's really why I'm choosing A is because of the candy. But also, you know, Liar Liar and Hook, Jurassic Park. That's really like when I saw Jurassic Park in that list, I'm like, nothing else in that other list really compares. Maybe Goodfellas, but it's still not as cool as Jurassic Park. Shawshank, Iron Man is Iron Man's better than Captain America. So like, yeah, um, yeah. A for me. Yeah. This is really tough. So I just went through and I just crossed out all the movies and I don't care about and then <laughs> counted up which one I had more movies I cared about and they ended up with B. But you're right. Jurassic Park, it's a classic and it's not really a movie on the right that like is equal to that. Like, I love Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I can watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off anytime, <clears throat> anyplace. It's one of my favorites. But it's not like, it's very different than Jurassic Park. You can't, like, compare those movies. I'm not going to be like, oh, am I in the mood for Jurassic Park or Ferris Bueller's Day Off? It's never a debate I'm going to have. Um, but there's less movies in the A-list that I care about. But then there are some ones I really like, too. Like, Liar Liar. I like Liar Liar better than The Mask. I just do. Liar Liar is the best what my it's probably my, it's my favorite Jim Carrey movie. Um, Breakfast Club is also so good. It's tough, but I'm gonna go B. And also, candy not a factor here for me because I don't like Reese's Pieces. Because anytime I eat Reese's Pieces, I think, "Wow, Reese's peanut butter or uh, M and M's peanut butter is just so much better." There's they are no better, debate. But, Way yeah. better. And I can't eat Reese's Pieces and not think about how they're just inferior to Reese's uh, M and M's peanut butter. And then peanut M and M's. How can you not Gross. eat peanut M&M's and think, man, peanut butter M&M's are so much better than peanut M&M's? <laughs> because I'm too overwhelmed with the thought of how much I hate peanut M&M's that that doesn't even cross okay, my mind. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. <clears throat> also, Mrs. Uh, Doubtfire is on B list. And Mrs. Doubtfire is another childhood classic of mine. Love that movie. It's a good um, one. For me, i probably go with A. Uh, when it comes to the candy, I don't really care. I'm not much of a candy either, especially at movies. I prefer popcorn. Um, I I could go with either Reese's or M and M's. I don't really care. Uh, the one thing that like really makes me lean towards B though is the mask because I'm a huge Jim Carrey fan, and the mask is my favorite Jim Carrey movie. I also really enjoy Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but everything else in A man is just so good. I love Liar Liar. Hook is one of 
uh, Robin Williams best, but of course you do have Mrs. Doubtfire, which is also a gem. Uh, I am a massive Tim Burton fan as well, so Batman, that that catches me hard. Um, it, it gets me really hard, too, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> I get hard, then I get caught. <laughs> you just yeah. see those nipples in the suit, and you just can't, you can't resist. <laughs> well, that, that's a different one, but still. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that's uh, Batman and Robin. Oh, that's George Clooney, isn't it? Yeah, that's George Clooney. Gotcha, okay. Um, All right. Yeah, also, I'm not much of a Back to the Future fan. I think it's a little overrated. Uh, fight me, I guess. I, don't, I just never really cared about it. Uh, but yeah, uh, Jurassic Park, League of Their Own, Gremlins, man, I, I would watch those any day. I think the reason I don't connect as much with the B list of movies is because I haven't seen the ones that I feel like people are most passionate about, like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Back to the Future, Karate <sighs> Kid. I've only seen the Jaden Smith Karate Kid. I haven't seen Ghost. Like, So I don't have any kind of love for half of those movies that everyone's super excited about. So Ferris Bueller's Day Off, you guys see that at some point classic yeah i know they're on my they're on my list of shame i just watched rocky for the first time this year and was really (laughs) appalled that there was an enormous rape scene that nobody warned me about so i'm kind of hesitant to watch i've never seen rocky so that's really surprising to hear isn't it pg i thought it was pg yeah and there's a big old non-consensual rape scene in it holy shit all right Um, wow that i've never seen in the 80s they wouldn't have considered it rape but that doesn't mean it wasn't rape yeah Great movie. Right. Yeah, like, what do you watch? <laughs> yeah, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm, I don't know. I'm scared to go back and watch these 80s movies and feel like everyone's just getting raped in these movies, and I don't want to see Little Karate Kid or mm-hmm. you know Michael J. Fox as in Back to the Future get raped. Yeah. Well, I'll say that is a pro of Ferris kind of Bueller's Day Off. There is no rape in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay. None. So it's, that's a plus for that. Oh, you movie. haven't seen the deleted scenes, have you? All right, let's move on to Game on Game Show. The game on our game show, we play a game called Game On. The gaming show on our game show. Game, 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 game. We have a game that I've been wanting to do for a while that we played once that didn't work too well with Just Holden and I. But I'm so glad that we have guests on. Again, go to affableidiots.com to be on You're the Guest. We're playing Is Resident Evil Good? It's the name of the game today. And yes. I have compiled. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> I have compiled a list of the mainline, or what Wikipedia considers the mainline Resident Evil games, in addition to the three remakes of these games. Um, and I have their Metacritic scores here. So the object of the game is for you to guess what the Metacritic score is of each entry in the series. And then at the end, we'll find out who was furthest off as a whole, and then also. Kind of as you guess, we'll take the average of all of your guesses and decide, did you actually think Resident Evil was good? So here's how it works. Obviously, these games were all released on a trillion different platforms. So I have compiled the list based on whichever platform was released first. And then if they were released simultaneously on platforms, I've taken the highest available score of those platforms. So that's how it's going to run. So what you're saying is we won't see Resident Evil 2 on the Gizmondo here. Correct. Correct. What's the Gizmondo? I have no idea. terrible, (laughs) terrible phone gaming system. Gizmondo. Uh, I'm Googling They made a Resident Evil 2 game where it was, uh, they cut out the Claire side of the story. Um, It was all in black and white. It played worse than a Game Boy. (laughs) It was brilliant, let me tell you. That I'm presuming this delicious. came out before the iPhone came out. So this is also a really is it, spectacular this phone. This is like it came, late it came 90s, out in two, I think. Ca- no, okay, it came yeah. out in 2005. Really terrible phone. 
2005? Yeah, the Gizmondo is a handheld gaming console developed by Tiger Telematics. It was released in the UK, Sweden, and the US starting in March 2005. I might be thinking of the wrong console. Give me a second here. Are you thinking of N-Gage? Maybe. Are you coming here just to spread lies on our podcast and get us banned? This is what I do. Go watch (laughs) Pixel Street Podcast. That's the better podcast. (laughs) N-Gage came out in 2003, which isn't that much sooner, and... Man, looking back at this thing, what a fucking monstrosity of a device. <laughs> I don't, right. It's like set, 75% buttons, like 15% screen, the rest plastic. Let's let's get started. We're going to go, we're going to snake through this thing. So we're going to start going Holden, John, Joel, and then the next one will go Joel, John, Holden. Real quick, it was the game.com, not the Gizmondo. Game.com was, it even was the name, name of a system? Yeah, it is. Hold on. Basically, what that means is there's a bunch of 16 year old dudes in the marketing room going, The kids, what do they like this day? The internet? Yeah. Let's just call it the dot com. Uh, the game.com is a is. fifth generation handheld uh, game console released by Tiger Electronics yeah. in August 1997. And yeah, it only played wow. in black and white. <laughs> Look it up, kids. All right, starting with Holden, the original Resident Evil, not Director's Cut, the original Resident Evil in 1996. Released on the PlayStation. Holden, what do you guess this Metacritic score is? It's a big deal when that game came out. Hmm. But I feel like this is Metacritic, you're saying? Yep, Metacritic. They didn't, all right. I guess what I'm mean, struggle there is what, how are they getting those reviews from Metacritic? Are they looking at old magazines? Are they looking at reviews from later on of the game? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So, I don't know. I'm going to say 80, 83. I feel like it probably deserves higher than that, but I'm just, I don't know. I'm feeling weird. John, what's your guess feeling on Resident Evil? Uh, is this the Japanese or American? The original one, which I believe was Japan. All right, so we're talking Japanese. I want to say there were a few differences in that one, but I can't think of them. Maybe I'm thinking of a different Resi game. Um, my guess is 69. A nice 69. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Joel, <laughs> what did Resident Evil score on Metacritic? I'm going to guess 78. 78. So Resident Evil got a 91 on Metacritic. Damn. Damn. So Holden came I out of that with only 8 points I was going to guess 90, but I'm like, dude, it's too high. Yeah. Damn. Holden's I was thinking off. 87. Joel, you were 13 off, and John, you are 22 off. So, John, you are not starting What was my guess well. again? 83? Yeah, so you were 8 points off. Okay. All right, starting with Joel this time. Resident Evil 2, 1998, again on PlayStation. 95. 95, okay. John? 93. 93. Holden? You know, I'm going to go way different than you guys here. I'm going to say 94. Oh, <laughs> shit. That's completely different than what we said. So. That is John, completely different. Totally it is a different number. Himself. It was a ni- it was an 89. So John came out closest with that one. Uh, next up, we are moving to Wait, Resident What was the Evil first one 3. again? 92? 91. 91. First one. 91. Wow, I really yep. thought that the second one was re- received better. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. That's that's what would be too, because it was a clear well. improvement with Nemesis, with uh, Mr. X, and all that, and yeah. yeah. Uh, so the difference there was um, 
five points for Holden difference, four points for John difference, six points for Joel difference. All right, Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, starting with Holden. Now, here's a, there's a caveat to this one. It's 1999, but there is no review score for the PlayStation version for some reason. So the review score is coming from the 2000 Dreamcast version, which was the next available oh. one. I didn't even know it came out on Dreamcast. I don't know how that changes things because I'm not very familiar yeah. with the Dreamcast. Like, like I was had that known for shitty ports? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I was thinking, I was like, did things run better on Dreamcast than PlayStation? I don't well, know. Well, don't tell me, John, because it'll help me. Don't say anything. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but I'm curious what you have to, when you get to you, if we, uh, your thoughts are. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say 85. 85, all right. 85, John, yeah. you're up. I was going to say 85, too. So to be different. You can say 85 as well if you want. But, but that's Holden's land. Oh, <laughs> 86. 86. Joel. 87. Ooh, Holden wins again. It's a 79 for Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. So, uh, yeah, there's a difference of six, seven, and eight points there. Right now, we're three out of 13 games. Holden's winning. We're going by golf rules. You have to be closest to zero. Holden's winning with 19. Joel, you're right behind at 27. I don't know if that's right behind. But 33 is John's score. Making a comeback. All right. The next one, which apparently is a mainline game that I didn't know, Resident Evil Code Veronica. Mm. Now, there's another caveat here. There's another caveat. This was re- released on 2000, in 2000 on Dreamcast first, but again, no review score. So we're going with the 2001 PS2 version. Well, PS2 is a terrible console, so I'm going to say 54. Just kidding. Don't, don't put that down. No, we're, um, Joel, Joel's, next. It. Joel's next. Joel's <laughs> next. It's me Joel's first. Next. I'm first. Oh, I'm okay. first. Right. I'm going to say 87. 87. Ooh, two. Same one. Back to back. John. So. 76. I was going to say 77. 77 it is. All right. And the Metacritic score is 84. That's one I don't know much about. (laughs) All I know is I I saw that game damn near everywhere. I know what the cover looks like. It's got the chick on the front, right? Yeah, that's about all I, I know, know about that game. Is her name Veronica? Like maybe. Oh, I, I have no idea. I, think I just know that the cover. Her name's not even Veronica. It's probably like Nikki. <laughs> I, I think it's Claire Redfield on the front. <laughs> See. All right. Next up is Resident Evil. Let me look up a Metacritic Zero. really quickly. I'll find out. No, don't. Don't go to Metacritic. Resident <laughs> Evil Zero, which was the prequel to the first one, originally released on GameCube in 2002, and that is the score that we have today as well. Holden. What did the GameCube version of Resident Evil Zero get? 81. 81. All right. John? 79. Joel? 87. 87. You like that number. It is an 83 was the score for that one, which puts it so far as the second lowest rated game in the series. So far. Okay. Uh, I was going to say, that's a... A bit yeah, of a... not of all time. <laughs> yeah. all right, so Highest scoring Resident Evil 6, obviously. <laughs> so we're, we're three more in with this next one, so we'll give an update on, to scores after this. Uh, this is Resident Evil 4. Came out in 2005 on GameCube. Joel, what did it get? 95. 95, 
All right. John? 90. 90. Holden? 93. 93. The correct answer is 96. Almost right on the nose, Joel. Very good. Yeah, that is so far the best reviewing one Never on our game. But I know everybody loves it. That, that one is great, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Delta has closed, everyone. So far, our rankings are we're just under halfway through. Holden's still in first place with 31 points. Joel is now right behind him with 35 points. John's got 51. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Resident Evil 5 came out in 2009 on PS3, Xbox 360, and PC. All at the same time, we are using the PC score since it was the highest of the three. Okay. Holden's first? 77? 77? John, what's up? I love this game, and I, I'm afraid I'm going to oversell it. 82. <laughs> 82. Joel. I'm going to go 79. I remember I played co-op and I loved it, but I d- remember it not being that good of a game. I had a blast playing it co-op. I really I enjoyed that it. game. Yeah. And so did the critics. 86 was the score really? on Metacritic. Yeah. Interesting. I remember it being um, not as well reviewed as it actually ended up getting. Yeah, that was my memory of it too. <clears throat> okay. All right. Next up. Resident Evil 6, again released oh, on, uh, this was on PS3 <laughs> and Xbox 360. It was not released on PC until the following year. So we're going with a 2009, sorry, 2012 PS3 version of Resident Evil 6. This this couldn't be a worse one for me to be first on. Because this is the one, I can't even picture this one in my head at all it is this is three different scenarios one of them is like with wesker one of them is with leon and one of them is with chris redfield i think nope never based on solely based on john's reaction to this (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna guess 72 72 for joel john this game is a mess and i really don't like it um 65 65, all right. Holden, what did Resident Evil 6 get on PS3? So my, I was thinking Resident Evil 5 would be lower bar at 77, but I was very wrong. But I'm thinking now maybe, so Resident Evil, maybe it wasn't reviewed like so badly. As I'm thinking, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to say 75. <laughs> I'm not Five. very confident in that though. The winner of this round is Joel, because the score was 73. Joel guessed 72. Let's go. This makes it the lowest game so far on our game. Not um, a good game. Don't play it. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One more before we update the rankings. Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. We've talked about it a lot tonight. It originally released on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, we are using the PS4 and Xbox One score because they both scored the same and it was higher than the PC score. So in 2017, Holden, what did Resident Evil 7 get? 87. 87. John? 89. 89. Joel? 88. 88. Ooh. The score was 86. Holden came closest. Very close. One point away. All right. Here's our updates so far. We only have three left after this. 
in first place, still holding with 43. Damn, I gotta be Joel close. got even closer. He's at 45. <laughs> and John's Ooh, way really at 66. Now. Like something's <laughs> gonna go horribly wrong for John to get it. <laughs> 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 All right, that's the end of the currently released main game series. Now we are going to the three main remakes. Starting with Resident Evil Remake in 2002 on GameCube. Oh, interesting. Uh, Joel, I believe you're up. Can you tell me what Resident Evil ranked when we first started? The very what first the Resident Evil? Tra- yeah, if yeah. You, yes, if you think back 10 minutes ago, it scored a 91 on Metacritic. The original one did. So I'm going to guess 93. 93, okay. John? 95. 95, and Holden? I'm going to take a different approach here. Sometimes the remakes don't review as well because it doesn't have that same, like, allure. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say 87 again. 87. Sometimes they remake a game and it makes you say, wow, this is exactly how I imagined it was all those years ago, even though it's maybe not looking that way today. Uh, So we got the exact same score of 91, meaning that Joel is closest. I thought that one now overtaken the lead. Received even better than the first one. I kind of remember that as well, but I guess when you average all the scores together. We currently have a tie for first place at 47 points between Holden. Here we go. And John. Just kidding, it's Joel. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Resident Evil 2 Remake came out in 2019, released for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Xbox score is used here as it was significantly higher than the other two. Hmm, Interesting. Holden, you're up. Wait, no, stop. Is that right? I don't know. I think Holden think, Holden went last, yeah. Um, 92. 92? Yeah, 92, 92. John? This is Resi 2? Resi 2 Remake. 89. 89. Joel? I don't know. 91. 91. Joel just lost the tie for the lead because the game scored a 93 on Metacritic. Holding guess 92. This is anyone's game. Before we answer the final question, here are the standings. Holden has 48 points and is in the lead. Joel has 49 points and is right behind. John is at 74. I'm in it, baby. (laughs) (laughs) The final game on the list, Resident Evil 3 Remake. Released in 2020 on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. We are again using the Xbox One score as our Metacritic. Joel, what did Resident Evil 3 Can I ask a really important question here that will help Joel out too? Sure. Is Resident Evil Resistance reviewed separately? Resident Evil, oh, the multiplayer component? Yeah, they were, they were technically both bundled together, so it's that's the same review. I don't. I did not look. I just typed in Resident Evil Three Remake hit. You know, most recent <laughs> okay. game, and then I feel like that's relevant, but this is gonna be really tough to guess. Then I'm gonna guess ninety two. Ninety two from Joel, John, eighty three. Eighty three. Hold I'm going to say 84. I would go lower if I knew Resident Evil Resistance was in there, but I'm assuming it's probably not because it's like a separate game even on PSN. But it is bundled together. 
Um, the results of this final one place John in finally last place for the entire game. Yes. <laughs> it places Joel in second place and Holden Damn. in first place because the game was exactly 84, which was Holden's guess. Oh, wow. Was that so, reviewed with with the multiplayer though? I'm curious. I don't now. know. Let's look it up right now. Yeah, I'm really IDK curious. About I really don't think right. so, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I'm thinking probably not either. But I'm like, if it was reviewed with the multiplayer, it'd be closer to like a 71 probably, <laughs> and even that's high because Resistance was awful. It was really, really bad. The new multiplayer is going to be pretty bad too. <laughs> um, yeah, Resident absolutely. Resident Evil yeah. Resistance. If I just look up. Resident Evil Resistance on Metacritic. The only one that actually has a score is PS4, and it's 14 reviews. So I don't think that that was actually reviewed separately. On okay. Xbox One, it does not have any reviews. PC does not. So I imagine they were bundled in together. Uh, so here's a little insight. On average, Resident Evil games on Metacritic scored an 86.25, which means, yeah, they're pretty good games question is do you think they're good john of everyone I'm thinks scared. they're the worst john thinks they're an 83 holden yeah, that's a bad first guess yeah holden uh thinks they're not as good as they actually are with an 84.5 average of his guesses Man. and joel thinks they're slightly so better than they are but series. he's actually closest to accurate because he guessed an 87 is his average guess so i win you win. That's it. Yes. <laughs> so that's it for Game on Game Show. That is it for our podcast this week. Uh, episode 207 of Respawn Aim Fire. Big ginormous thank you to John and Joel for being here from Pixel Street. Um, I would love for you guys to plug your shit. Is there like a specific thing that you've done recently that you want people to go check out? Um, please tell us about it. Starting with John. Go. Um. Well, first of all, I write on GamePro.com, so you can check out that. I've been covering a lot of guides on MLB The Show 21 lately, but I uh, do a lot of writing on there. So go ahead and check that out. Otherwise, on our YouTube channel, Pixel Street Videos, I will be putting up a little Versus series me and Joel are starting up in MLB The Show where my Cardinals play against his White Sox. Who wins? You'll have to watch and see. Ooh. Joel. Ooh. Tell us about some stuff you do. Um, I've been streaming a lot more on twitch.tv slash campo63. Um, I stream two to three times a week. I kind of just have a flexible schedule right now. But, yeah, you could follow me there. Um, yeah, check baseball, out our man. YouTube channel, uh, Pixel Street Videos. I'm planning on doing a Let's Play series where I create a the largest baseball player I can and name him Big Chungus. And we'll see where <laughs> that takes us. So... <laughs> yeah look look out for that big chungus that's wonderful holden where do people find anything that you do in life i'm i'm still doing my living statue act in times square so you can go to times square and i'm i'm doing that so you can see that if you want to i also do this responding fire gaming podcast and i do an apple podcast called uh networked uh, where we talk about Apple stuff, and we're having an Apple event this week, so we'll tune in for that. We'll talk about the Apple event. Ooh, like well, Granny Smith, event? Sour Green, Watermelon. They're including oranges this time. Out of curiosity, what is the Apple event covering this week? Uh, I mean, we don't know yet, but something um, springy. 
Sprumpty, yeah, it says Spring Loaded is, is the name of it. So we'll probably see a pogo <laughs> stick is my guess. Tagline <laughs> gets sprung. Air, an airsoft yeah. gun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, homework for everybody. Go to patreon.com slash respawn aimfire. Uh, if you are a patron, you're, we're going to watch Mortal Kombat this week on Friday. So we're moving yeah. in that to Friday. We're going to do Mortal Kombat. Um, we're going to do PlayStation chat for that. You can get that on iOS or on... You can get that on your desktop, right? PlayStation no. party chat? No? JK, you can get it on your phone or your iPad or whatever, mm-hmm. and then you can just watch the movie with us too. Holden did it on his iPad last time. It worked fine. Um, or you can just do it yeah. all through your PlayStation and watch it on HBO Max. I had a weird HBO setup, Max. though. I had a weird setup. Also, while you're on patreon.com slash respawn aim fire, go check out all the cool po- wallpapers that we've got, like most recently the Mass Effect ones. And uh, yeah, nice. there it is, that sexy Mass Effect wallpaper over there in the past at 921. <laughs> um, and then finally, <laughs> go, uh, well, I would say vote for Barf, but don't vote for Barf. Go download Red Dead Redemption 2. Because you guys already voted for it. That's it, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you again, John and Joel, for joining us. Until next time, here's our usual sign-off. Pixel Street! <laughs> oh, mine was a zombie for Resident Evil, but we'll, we'll, we'll keep Pixel Street. <laughs>